Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. We thank you, Almighty God, for this time where we can hear your word proclaimed. May we listen to your spirit and proclaim your message to the world in Jesus' name. Amen. I still remember how it felt. I was standing there hoping that she wouldn't notice how sweaty my palms were as we danced. And my heart was beating so fast, I, I was sure that she would be able to hear it. I mean, we were still new to each other. We'd only known each other for two weeks, and I guess, as the kids say, we were talking during that time. You know, I thought she was beautiful and sweet, and for some reason she found me cute and interesting. And so we were at this dance, as we were uh, for orientation as camp counselors at Lutheridge. And this was the last event at, uh, of the, the entire orientation because the last event of the week of camp is what they now call the celebration or the dance. And so the way that we were trained was by experiencing what this dance was like. And so I'm dancing with this young lady and the song that was being played was Eric Clapton's Wonderful Tonight. Now, the truth is, I didn't hear much of the words or even the tune because my mind was just racing the whole time. I was sitting there, and it was like, tell her, just, just say it. Don't, don't be a scaredy cat, just say it. But what, what if she laughs at me? What, what if she slaps me? What if she runs away crying? What if she doesn't feel the same way? Oh, it doesn't matter. You'll never know, but you just got to say it. You, you, you've got to say it. And so I opened my mouth and I heard, I love you. But it wasn't my voice, it was hers. She apparently was less afraid than I was. Um, but there, after two weeks of knowing, she told me she loved me. And I guess it stuck because here, 28 years later, we're still together. But, you know, when you hear those words, nothing is more powerful than that, right? You know, because... At that moment, you know how someone feels. You, you know what they think about you. You know that there's some sort of a relationship there, right? But we know, though, that sometimes those three little words, I love you, are weakened. They're weakened because we're fallen, broken people, right? Because sometimes we say things that we don't necessarily mean. And sometimes we may mean them, but we may not actually act on them, right? We, we may treat somebody without love or we may not understand what love is and it ends up with something quite the opposite like abuse or neglect or, or endangerment or, or just being plain out mean. But even with all of that, even though sometimes other people's brokenness ends up cutting us, those words still mean an eternity to us all, don't they? We love to hear, I love you. I mean, now some families say it all the time, right? Yeah, my family does. You know, I've got one daughter that she can call me on the phone from, the, from downstairs. I'll be upstairs in my, in, in my bedroom, and she'll say, do I need to empty the dishwasher? Yep, you do. Okay, I love you, bye. I mean, she's downstairs, right? It's not like she's going on a trip. 
But it's every time. But then there are some families that, that don't say it enough, but they show it very well. But even so, there is an importance of saying the words, I love you. Because hearing it and saying it actually changes the chemistry within our brain. It, we actually have, when we hear it from the right person, a physical response to the words. This is extremely significant. Because if you listen to today's first reading, we hear it again. Now, i got to tell you a little backstory about why I chose to preach from the first lesson. So, y'all know I tend to write my sermons later in the week. Well, last night I was watching um, The Chosen. Have you ever heard of that? It's like a Bible story, and they did it as an app, but now it's on Amazon Prime Video. And so I came across it last night, and I started watching it. And in the very opening scene of the very first episode, there's this little girl that comes out of her tent to, and sits with her father. And he says, why aren't you asleep? And she says, because I'm scared. She says, well, what do we do when we're scared? She says, we say the words. Well, what words? The words from the prophet Isaiah. And he said, yes, you're exactly right. And he said to his daughter, Thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And as I heard those words last night, I was like, wow. That's, those are just powerful words. I'd heard them before, but for some reason they really resonated with me last night. And then I looked and found out that, wouldn't you know, that's actually the old, assigned Old Testament reading for today. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just works, right? And, and so I said, well, I definitely, I'm, I'm preaching on that, no doubt. But then as I read on, something else caught my mind, caught my eye. Here in verse, um, in, in verse 6, in verse 4, it says, Because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. I love you. We actually hear the words of God being spoken, saying to the people, I love you. So I check this out. Do you know that is the only time in Scripture we hear God saying to the people, I love you. Do you know how powerful that is? God, the almighty creator of heaven and earth, the one who made you and formed you, along with everyone else who's ever existed, loves you. Wow. God loves you. It's right there in black and white. God loves you. Don't be afraid. I created and formed you. I have called you. You are mine. I love you. Talk is cheap though, right? I mean, it's one thing to say, I love you, but what about the actions? I mean, and here's what he says, because let me explain what's going on in, in Isaiah's world. There's two major parts to the book of Isaiah. In fact, scholars call it first Isaiah and second Isaiah, even though it's all Isaiah. But in the first part, it's the regular prophet part. You know, if you know anything about the prophets, usually their message are not exactly bright and cheery. You know, it's kind of like, you have done messed up. And you're going to get it. If you don't turn around, things are not going to go well for you. Well, things did not go well for them. They ended up in exile in Babylon. 
The Babylonians came and took all their stuff, dropped the temple to the ground, took all the people to Babylon. Things weren't going great for them. You know, they had, they had done wrong. And as a result, they ended up in Babylon. But then you have the second part of Isaiah. And that's where our, our reading is today. And it's all about hope. And what you hear in this is a God saying to his people, even though that they had messed up, even though they had completely turned their back on the Lord, he says, I made you, I formed you, I've called you, you're mine. I love you. And see, here's what God does in response. He says, he says because you are precious in my sight and honored and I love you, I give people in return for you. Nations in exchange for your life. Now in the Old Testament, what that meant was that God had dropped nations in order to keep the Israelites safe. You know, uh, we know about the Passover in Egypt, and he talks about that here. And so nations had risen up against Israel, and, and they had been defeated. But what we know in that love is something different. Because he didn't give nations in exchange for our lives. He gave his own son. He gave Jesus Christ, who gave his life for our sake, because he loves you. Now today is the baptism of our Lord Sunday. It's, it's the day when we talk about Jesus being baptized. And what we know of this is, first of all, Jesus did this to show us the importance of it. But it also showed Jesus how important he was to God. Because as he came up out of the waters, it says, you are my son, the beloved, i.e. the one I love. In you I am well pleased. At baptism, Jesus was shown the love of God. And let's be honest, he needed it because it didn't mean that his journey was going to be easy. It didn't mean that, well, you know, hey, I'm the son of God. Everything's going to be great. No, we know it was quite the opposite, don't we? And at the same time, as you and I are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as we are called beloved, as we are lifted up, we know, too, that our journey is not going to be easy. But we're not alone. Because the one who made us and formed us, the one who calls us, says, you are mine, and I love you. And get this. In the midst of that, the part that we kind of push aside is the fact that it says, I have called you. Not only are we loved, not only do we belong to God, we are called by God. Despite our brokenness, despite our weaknesses, despite the fact that we don't always get everything right, despite the fact that we don't hardly get anything right sometimes, we are still called by God. God uses each and every one of us individually and collectively to do his will. That's amazing, isn't it? Each of us are given special gifts. The mission of this congregation, we share our gifts to show God's love. And that's what it's all about. It begins at baptism, and we receive gifts. Those gifts that set us aside, that make us special. The things that make us different than anybody else. And we're sent out to use those gifts in ministry. And that, and that can be scary. That, that, that can be terrifying. Because it's, it's uncomfortable. It's unknown. And we are unworthy. But at the same time, God says, don't be afraid. 
I have called you by name. You are mine. I love you. Dear friends, you are loved by God. And you are sent out. You have been called to share that message in many and various ways. You are called to share your gifts to show God's love. To show everyone else that yes, God loves them too. No matter what. So go. Don't be afraid. I am with you. You are mine. And I love you. Amen.